welcome back to our Behind the Page podcast series from the people who bring you the Bigger Life website and online forum, where we bring you the 30 minutes of honest, unscripted chat with a range of different optimists from around the world telling their story in their words. You were joined by myself, Louise, a stoma care nurse here in Ireland. And me, Shona, one of the team in Belfast that brings some of the ostomy products that you or somebody you know relies on. Every day, Louise and I get the chance to meet with and speak to people with the stoma as a result of ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease or bowel cancer, and those who just woke up from surgery one day with a surgical scar and a stoma on their stomach. As you know, I also happen to be an ostomate myself. The last time we heard from Keith Thomas, an award-winning bus driver from South Wales, as we followed his journey from years of struggles with undiagnosed ulcerative colitis to becoming the most positive role model in raising awareness for ostomy. So we'll hear from another inspirational guest shortly, who equally is defined as an ostomate, but who hasn't let an ostomate define who she is. The podcast is intended to have a bit of everything as we listen, learn, cry and laugh along the way. But we won't get too technical as instead we focus on the individual. For those looking for support, remember, there's a tribe of dedicated stoma nurses in every country around the world. And we'll always encourage you to reach out to them for help. And of course, there's also the community at abiggerlife.com, which is open 24-7 with advice, tips and shared experiences. So without further ado, please join us for some small talk on A Bigger Life as we go behind the pouch. So our guest today, I'm excited to announce, is an inspiring young lady from Sydney, Australia. A graphic designer, illustrator and artist by profession. She's another ostomate who has not let her stoma define her but has embraced life since undergoing her stoma surgery back in 2017. She uses her colourful and playful art and illustrations to help raise awareness and take a step towards reducing the stigma associated with ostomies and irritable bowel disease. One of her many fantastic achievements to date is the fabulous four by three metre mural that she painted on, on the beachfront wall at Bondi Beach back in July 2018. It depicts bathers, surfers and sun lovers enjoying themselves against its brilliant yellow beach with three of the individuals being ostomates with their stoma bags clearly on display. It was a defining piece of art in raising ostomy awareness in Australia. So we welcome Mary Jane Barato Parisa to the pod. I hope I pronounced your surname there right, MJ. <laughs> you so did welcome. a pretty good job. Hi, thank you. Thank Thanks you. for having me. Thank you. Welcome, MJ. It's lovely to have you here with us. Of course, you're at the end of your busy day in Australia. You're at the end of your working day, whereas we're here at the beginning of ours. So thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us today. Yeah, no worries at all. We really appreciate it. So if we could just start then, really just go back to the beginning. Um, I understand you were diagnosed with ulcerative colitis as a teenager at a really young age. So how was life? What was life like growing up for you? Yeah, um, well, starting back back in high school, I was actually really healthy. You know, I had no, pretty much no days off work sick, uh, no days off school sick. I was a really healthy child. And then it got to about age 17 when I started to have the first symptoms of ulcerative colitis, which for me was, you know, the diarrhea, running to go to the toilet, um, this kind of thing. And at the time, they misdiagnosed me with giardia, which is like another sort of gastro bug. Um, and I did end up having symptoms for about a year until they actually did a colonoscopy and diagnosed myself with ulcerative colitis. So that was shy of like one month of my 18th birthday. Wow. And I think it's important to note it kind of coincided with um, 
the final year of high school, which is when all like the big tests are, the big exams before you go into university. So mm -hmm. I've heard a few different um, people with IBD did actually get diagnosed around the same time. So it's sort of like the stress had triggered something. Um, but the early days were actually really fine. Probably the first, you know, five years or so, it was manageable by diet and medications. Mm -hmm. um, but as time went on and I went older, uh, I got a little bit cheeky at times and decided not to take my medications because I felt I didn't need them. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, colitis came back with a vengeance. And uh, so, yeah, things kind of got progressively worse and I went through all the different medications. So everything from, um, you know, the standard sort of, entry-level celazepam and things, and then there was the steroids, so prednisone, um, and then sort of I, I went towards the biological drugs towards the end of my treatment as well. But unfortunately, I didn't have any good responses from anything. Um, I got a lot of side effects, if anything. I developed lupus from infliximab. I delivered, uh, developed liver disease from Entevio. And, you know, prednisone, it's got a, a side effect list a mile long. So, yeah, towards the end, life was kind of getting quite unmanageable. I was sort of flaring uncontrollably for six years and trying to juggle full-time work and freelance work and going yeah. to the hospital for treatments and doctor's appointments and blood tests and, yeah, you name it. And what, you know, what what was the, the decider? You know, obviously things got very bad for you, but mm, at what stage yeah. did you decide surgery is the option here? I think I got to the point where I like I was going to the bathroom probably up to 20 times a day which was just getting a little bit beyond a joke and maybe three or four times during the night so I wasn't sleeping I was up I'd have to go to the bathroom five times before I actually even got to work. Um, I I think once I was on Intivio, I had like a small window of remission, which was amazing. It might have lasted about six months. And then I developed mm -hmm. the liver disease and the surgeon, uh, the sorry, the gastroenterologist was like, you have to stop taking this one um, because the liver disease obviously outweighs the benefits there. Um, yeah. It kind mm -hmm. of got to the point where there was no other treatments to try. Plus, at the same time, I started to develop um, early signs of bowel cancer. I had dysplasia cells in the bowel. So I was getting a colonoscopy maybe like, once every three months just to keep an eye on it. Um, but it really did get to that point where I thought I was in so much pain every day. My diet was incredibly restricted because pretty much anything I ate caused pain. So it was just a matter of how much pain do I want to be in that day? So, you know, very restricted diet, dealing with a lot of pain, just it, it wasn't a life. And I think even though it was my new normal, I came to realize that it was a normal that I didn't have to live with anymore. Um, yeah. So I went and spoke to a surgeon started to talk about having an, an ostomy or an ileostomy in my case and did my research. Like when I decided to go down that path, I was like, I, I often thought that surgery was a last resort and I got really like stressed out by it and, you know, you can't return and that I kind of went down that mindset. Um, but the more research I did, the more people I saw on Instagram who are thriving and I read blogs about people who are so happy now compared to what their life was like with IBD. So I thought, right, yep, I'm going to do it. Um, and I did actually have my surgery scheduled, this was about three years ago now, um, sort of August, September of 2017, I believe. Um, and I actually called the surgeon. I got him to brought it forward because I said, I can't do with this, deal with this anymore. So I got brought it forward to July and um, yeah, haven't looked back since. It was the best decision I ever made and I wish I made it earlier. Would you say then that it would you say it was an easy decision or did you struggle with it mm. so much? I 
did, uh, before I actually started biological treatment, I did about six months of travel overseas where I went to um, South America. My husband's from Brazil, so we were in Brazil for a little bit, went to Europe, did all this massive travel while I had one of the biggest colitis flares I've ever experienced, um, which is not recommended, <laughs> traveling with colitis. <laughs> um, and when I got back to Sydney after that six months of travel, I ended up like being in hospital. I got landed in hospital for about two weeks, um, just recovering and trying to get the bowel back under under control. And at that time, my gastroenterologist said, hey, there's this option you can go for, which is the surgery, and you can get an ileostomy and have a bag. I think I must have been my late 20s and I think at the time I just sort of hadn't wrapped my head around that yet and I decided to go down the path of the biological treatment before I went down the surgery path. So mm -hmm. it was kind of at the back of my mind that that would be an option one day. Um, so once I, you know, it was time to get the surgery, I think because my mindset was kind of in the right place, it yeah. was a little bit easier than, I mean, yeah, it was easier than what I was currently going through with colitis. So mm -hmm. I was kind of, yeah, excited to go down the path as opposed to, oh, my God, I have to do this, you know, with that kind of mentality. Yeah. Okay. Very good. That's amazing. And you've really, you know, kind of, you know, shined a light there in relation to the people that helped you, you know, the people that you could actually look at yeah. online, those inspirational posts by others, which you are right now, <laughs> you know, it just yeah. shows, I suppose, <laughs> how someone like that can help you make that decision for the new way forward, you know, to make that big, crucial decision. So can you remember back to the first day with your stoma? You know, how did you mm. feel after that big decision? How did you yeah. wake up and feel? Was it exciting or, you know, can you remember? Yeah, I remember waking up in hospital and looking down and feeling like when I saw my um, my stoma functioning for the first time, I was like, whoa, this is kind of surreal, you know, that kind of, <laughs> oh, my God, moment. Um, but I completely embraced it and accepted it. And I think that was like from day one. Um, and yeah. I do think that's part of why I've had such a good ostomy life. Um, I've had like a really positive experience. But, yeah, I just sort of remember in hospital trying to get used to it. And I was very concerned when it was time for me to learn how to change my bag myself with my STM teaching me. I was like, um, I get very fastidious and I really wanted to get it right and, you know, do mm. all the things, like just learn everything I could about it. I'm a curious mind, so I like to sort of know a lot of, of things. Um, yeah. Yeah, and so it was initially a little bit surreal and a tiny bit of a shock, but, yeah, I'm just like, no, this uh -huh. is this is just what I have now. It's my new accessory. I've got tattoos. Like, I've got scars. Now I've got a stoma. So <laughs> yeah, just another you've lived thing. to tell yep. the tale. And did yeah. you have the support you needed? You mentioned your stoma care nurse there, you know, both clinical family yeah. friends. Was there that, you know, openness, I suppose, was there the support for you, you know, when it was new to you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, my surgeon was absolutely wonderful. Like I think I was in hospital for 10 days and he visited me every day. Um, same with my stoma nurse. She came in every day. Um, so they were really on hand, especially my STN, um, really on hand to answer any and all questions that I had. Um, mm -hmm. And then uh, my family was visiting me every day. Uh, my mum's a nurse herself. So it's kind of nice mm -hmm. to have that sort of um, in the family as well, I suppose. Um, husband was visiting me every day and even friends from work. Like I, I was always really open about my experiences with what I was going through at work. Like not to yeah. the point where it was TMI unless they wanted to hear all the nitty gritty mm. details of, you know, suffering with ulcerative colitis. Um, but yeah, because I was very open about, look, I need this time off. I'm going to have this surgery. Yeah. yeah, it was really nice. I had friends come in and visit me while I was there as well. 
um, which also kind of helped me embrace it, I think. If I could normalize it and they could normalize it, yeah, it could kind of be like, it's okay, just a new part. It is your real life, absolutely. And we spoke about it before, actually, about, you know, the support of people in work, you know, and were you supported from a good kind of, I suppose, staffing and managerial support, um, you know, at the times of your flares or your tough times? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, at the I'm not at that workplace now, but when I was at that workplace at the time, um, one of the directors, her daughter was actually on TPN since she was a, a baby. So mm-hmm. the IBD kind of gastro awareness health sort of side of things, mm-hmm. that was kind of already um, a bit known in the workplace. And for him mm-hmm. to understand what his daughter had been through with all of her things, um, they also worked closely with the charity, um, which sort of dealt with people with... Um, parental nutrition the people that have to be on that Um, and one of the ladies also had an ostomy so I actually reached out to her a lot and asked her lots of questions she was so lovely she would write these lovely long emails with all this advice in it and just to have that kind of um, support really Mm -hmm. kind of yeah comforted me during my process I think. Brilliant yeah and how long did it take for you to feel like you've mastered it you know kind of I own this now I'm able to manage my bag independently and I am independent you know kind of I'm off on my own. Yeah, I think probably maybe like after a month or maybe not even, maybe even shorter Um, because I had like a little printout of how to change my bag. So I sort of felt in my mind once I got the bag changed down under, you know, five minutes, um, Mm. then I was kind of good to go. And also, I mean, from that side of things, but then there was also um, learning how your body is dealing with that physically now after experiencing a huge surgery um mine wasn't laparoscopic I was actually like sliced open down the middle um and so my recovery was probably a little bit longer than other people's and I think it was just because I had you know the big the big cut um so I had to be a little bit more careful but I did everything the surgeon said you know get up and do like a small walk every day and I remember even when I was in hospital um they told me to go out walk down the street go get a coffee and I remember walking around the corner and getting a coffee and just sort of sitting there and being like oh my god I'm like sitting on a street I'm at a cafe I'm drinking (laughs) a coffee and I don't have to think about the bathroom like I don't even need to know where it is right now and it was these kind of like oh my god moments that just kept happening as well especially for the first sort of six months um I just had so much gratitude for the freedom that my bag was bringing me um I remember going on my first long car trip and just thinking oh my God, I don't need to know where the bathroom is in the next sort of 10 to 15 minutes, which that's all I kind of thought about with colitis. And actually looking back now, I saw how much anxiety I actually had with my IBD, but it just wasn't Mm -hmm. being addressed at the same time as all of the other health issues. Um, Yeah. yeah. All the fear built in along that. And did that help then you kind of, I suppose, and where you are today and how you kind of embraced sharing it with others and, you know, the steps that you took to go ahead and share with others and, you know, paint and illustrate the ostomy yeah. kind of side of things. How did that happen? Yeah, so when I was in hospital, because I did so much research myself of other people's Instagrams and reaching out to other ostomates and getting their advice, mm-hmm. I thought, okay, I'm going to set up my own ostomy account specifically for that and sort of journal my process. So if you go back to the start of my Instagram account, you can actually see when I was in hospital and my thoughts and feelings of how things went. Um, But I also decided to draw a little character with an ostomy bag. I hadn't seen much of that sort of art out there. And I thought, I mean, I've always been drawing. I've probably been drawing since I was five years old. I love to draw and I've been a graphic designer my whole life. So that kind of 
that's like my creative outlet. Um, so mm. I shared a couple of these ostomy drawings on Instagram and they got such good feedback that I was like, oh, I'm going to keep drawing these then. If people like them, I'll keep creating them and sharing them. Um, and they kind of, I, I think at one point I even created like a little T-shirt that said no colon still rolling and a few people bought that <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's so, it's, it's so nice. And then the more I kind of drew and created and, you know, would sort of touch on some of the um, certain topics that people might not always agree with, you know, like an ostomy is okay and, you know, an ostomy um, – like to celebrate the ostomy like I tried to look at the positive yeah. side of it and having gratitude for it and you know like mm -hmm. it's not the end of the world if you have an ostomy back that kind of mindset like I kind of look at the positive light and fun side um yeah. the more I did that the more people would reach out to me and say oh thank you so much like I saw your illustration and I was having a bad day but it's made me feel a little bit better you know and it was it was that kind of thing being able to give back if I could even like maybe inspire or give back to one person, that would have been like my job done. Like that's what I intended to do. But I keep getting that like every week. I get such lovely feedback. So um, I'm really happy that I can keep, you know, continuing to inspire the ostomy community and the IBDs as well. I do get a few yeah. um, IBDs who are going to be potential ostomates reach out and ask me lots of questions about what life is like now. And I'm always completely honest, but I'm always quite positive as well because for me it's just been a dream. Really, you know, you're really breaking down barriers there with everything that you're doing and, and just raising awareness for it. And it's it's amazing to see. So MJ, getting back to the really amazing work that you did back in July 2018. Can you tell us a little bit yeah. about this amazing mural that you painted in Bondi? Yes, so um Bondi Council actually run a competition for different murals along their wall they've got this huge wall full of um, murals that millions of people walk past every every year um, and I thought I want to put out a, an, an artist oh sorry I want to put out an artwork to inspire ostomates to get out their bags at the beach like you shouldn't have to be ashamed of that you know let's create an artwork to um, uplift and inspire and promote you know ostomy awareness um, so I entered this competition uh, the lady got back to me the one that selected the artworks and she said I love your artwork. My dad was actually an ostomate himself and I really support what you're trying to do here. So, yeah, let's get it up there. Um, the really wonderful thing about the mural was that it, I painted it on my one-year anniversary. and if it had been any time, if I had to paint this any time during my colitis years, there would have been no way that I could do that because it took about maybe four days to paint it. It was a huge mural, so about four by three metres. Um, yeah, it took about four days to paint it and I would have had to be running to the bathroom, you know, twice mm -hmm. an hour, I think, if I was going to get that done. And so, yeah, fortunately, I was in full health. I could paint it. I had a little bit of help from a friend to, like, help do some bits. But um, one of the That's really wonderful fun. things about painting the mural is that I had so many people come up and have a chat to me about it and ask what it was about. And when I explained there's a couple of ostomates in there, I'm an ostomate, explain my story, so many of them either knew an ostomate or had someone in the family that was going through IBD issues or something. So it, I loved how it could spark a conversation. And that was also the reason for me to put it up there, you know, um, to really kind of help raise awareness of a topic that a lot of people often don't want to talk about or think it's a little bit taboo, so they don't talk about it so much. Um, a really lovely thing as well as um, a girl on Instagram who's a bit of an influencer here in Australia and her name escapes me, which is pretty bad, um, but she's got like 150,000 followers. 
she lives in Bondi and she would often post a picture of my mural and say and just say how much she loved it. And I have a feeling that someone in her family obviously was an ostomate themselves, but the fact that she was posting it and it had all this amazing exposure um, was yeah. really wonderful. And it was only supposed to be up for six months and they ended up leaving it up for over a year, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, which is really great because it was just so popular. Yeah. And I have to shout out um, to Omnigon. Omnigon actually sponsored me um, to paint this artwork. They provided all the paints and things. So I was really unfortunate um, that um, a company such as them yeah, were happy to get on board and help me help me create this masterpiece right. <laughs> down in Bondi Beach. Congratulations. Yeah. That is fabulous. Absolutely. So everybody get Google in there and have a little look because, yeah, yeah. it is fab. Well done. Well done. That is amazing. Thank you. So, I yeah. just have, um, well, I suppose really it, it's a bit of a, a final question really in that you've you've now had your ostomy for well nearly three years coming up on so you're very established you're very experienced so if if you were able to go back in time mj if you had a time machine whereby you could go back to mj before she had her stoma surgery what would you go back yes. and tell yourself what what have you learned what do you wish you knew then that you know um, now? about having about life with an ostomy yeah I would definitely tell myself if this was me just about to go into surgery everything's going to be okay life is going to be so much better like I keep saying it's life 2.0 um but some of the little things uh some of the stuff I do struggle with at the moment so dehydration I had no idea that the large intestines actually help absorb salt into the body and water so I can I think most ostomates can kind of because I had a total colectomy um, you can kind of tip into dehydration pretty easily. So that was kind of a big thing for me. I wish I knew that beforehand and I could have been a little bit more prepared for that. Um, there's also things like skin issues. I've had more rashes and skin problems and things like that um, since ostomy surgery. And I actually see an acupuncturist and she said it's because whatever food was affecting me before it would and disrupting my system, it would disrupt my bowel. But now that the bowel is gone, it's coming out through the skin. So that's an interesting learning. Um, but also just to just to embrace it. Um, I mean, I, I did do that anyway, and I've been quite fortunate. Um, yeah, I mean, but I yeah, just to go out there and be open. And people have always had such lovely, wonderful, supportive responses to me with my journey. Like, I've been really grateful for that. Um, yeah. Excellent. It's mm -hmm. absolutely. Well, look, it has been an absolute pleasure speaking to you today. Um, you know, we could we could talk on for probably Thank another you, yeah. good half an hour, you know, but I um, probably on... could. <laughs> <laughs> which is great, which is great. Yeah. And I just like to, you know, myself and Louise, we just like to thank you for taking the time to speak to us today. And oh, it's been uh, wonderful. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you that so much for having me. I really thank appreciate you. it. Well, that was such an interesting chat with MJ. I really enjoyed that. There were quite a few things that really stood out to me within that chat with MJ. Firstly, probably her talking about the research that she did and finding out as much as possible prior to deciding to go ahead with that surgery. The social media blogs that she used to help her make that informed decision. And I love the fact that she has now turned into that influencer who can do the same for somebody else and help them make that decision. And of course, you know, all of the, the chat around her artwork and the amazing mural 
that uh, she did on Bondi Beach, which again, just so inspirational for people, breaking down those barriers, helping people to talk very openly about being an ostomate. The other thing that I loved was how she described the freedom that she now experiences since surgery. We all take for granted being able to get into a car, go for a long car journey. But MJ had to be constantly worried about where the nearest toilet was and the fact that, you know, she now can go out, have a long car journey, not worry about that, go and have a coffee with a friend and not have that constant anxiety about where the nearest bathroom is. Uh, just lovely to see how her life has changed for the better because of that. And then just finally, you know, the fact that she was able to adapt to life, to adapt to her new normal so quickly after only four weeks, she was able to manage her stoma independently. And I think that that gives real hope to people, you know, people who are considering this surgery and who are worried about it. You know, there is life after the stoma surgery and life can just be so much better, as MJ has been able to tell us today. Oh, Sean, I totally agree. I mean, it was just lovely to hear. So that was fab. So once again, thanks again, MJ, for your fab story. And um, you can find more about our guest today, MJ Barato Parisa, by going to her Instagram page. And that is at E-M-J-A-Y-U-C. So you can find a link there to purchase any of her ostomy merchandise. Um, and that's based on her unique designs. Um, so if you like what you've heard from our newly launched podcast so please don't be afraid to hit the subscribe button to keep up to date with the new episodes as they become available as we continue this journey going behind the pouch in hearing from more ostomates all around the world also just let us know how we're doing so far by giving us a rating or posting us the review because we would love your feedback and uh, remember there's lots more free information on abiggerlife.com which is open 24 7 it has lots of advice tips and shared experiences and finally, if you'd like to contact us directly, you can do so via email. It is hello at abiggerlife.com. So for any questions, comments, or even expressions of interest in being part of our podcast, if you'd like to have a chat with us in the future. So thanks again for listening and please join us again soon. Bye-bye. 